We're back. We're back. We're truly back. This is Drew, and the distraction is coming back live for the first time in over two years at Littlefield in Brooklyn, New York. Join us at Littlefield on Wednesday, October 4th for a live show that you won't want to miss. We'll have special guests, live fun bag questions from the audience, we'll remember some guys, have some gratuitous sandwich talk, and so much more, and we'll do it all with you. We're so excited to bring the flagship podcast back to the live stage. So get your tickets now at the link in this episode's description. One more time, that's Wednesday, October 4th at 7.30 p.m. at Littlefield in Brooklyn, New York. Get your tickets now at the link in the episode description. See you there. We're back. We're back. It's a distraction. I'm Drew. That's Roth. How you doing, Roth? I'm good, man. What's happening? It's just you and me this week, Roth. It's just a little intimate get-together. We haven't really been together alone. Yeah, since the last time we did a bullshit one-off, that we were yeah, I was gonna say like since I don't, it's been like maybe five weeks. Of yeah, decently rigorous podcasts, and now it's time to get stupid. You're got you've got your uh, football pajamas on. Listeners can't see that, but you definitely are I, wearing I, a Justin Jefferson jersey right now. I am, I am, because today is the day I'm writing uh, the Vikings Wire Team sucks preview, and I actually I did want to have serious Vikings talk with you. And I swear to God, this is not going to be... Can we talk be, as men about the Vikings? Can we are. We're going to talk as, uh, as men about the Vikings, because here's the deal. So I spent last year, um, 2022, I, I loved the 2022 Vikings. I fucking love them. They were so much fun. It didn't end the way I wanted it to, because that's the deal with the Vikings. That's just how it works. And I was like, I was so pissed all season long, and still after the fact, especially now, because it's the ramp up to the next season and no one believed in that team that's very corny but no one <laughs> no one believed in that team last year for very good reasons they had a negative point differential despite going 13 and 4 they were they were terrible uh along the line of scrimmage both on offense and on defense so there was every reason to believe even in a shit ass NFC they they wouldn't come out so they lost they lost to your giants Blah, blah, blah. It's too much Danny Dimes. It happens. And everyone took a little smug victory parade. Like, see, told you Vegas didn't believe in it. And I was like, <laughs> to this day, I'm still like, just everyone go fuck yourselves. Just go fucking die. And so <laughs> I have spent a lot of this time in this preview thinking about how I am as a fan. Because I have basically been a reasonable fan throughout my my time. Like I yell and scream mm. at the TV and all that. I was stuff. gonna say. <laughs> but in general, I'm like, I'm I'm a realist. Like I know the the deal with this team. I know when like I, I believed in them last year. I believed that they would win the Super Bowl. And then when they didn't, I was like, Yeah, okay. They they probably weren't going to yeah, win. Yeah, I was the gonna Bowl. say that last year I think was the most I mean, obviously I'm not with you uh on Sundays while you're like standing up and pacing or like giving nobody, your imaginary coaches press conference after the game or whatever. nobody goes near me during that shit that's I, that is private drew time i would i would no sooner intrude on that than i would sit in your chair and listen to rat after taking an edible that's, that's your right. space that's right that said i felt like you were pretty normal last year by fan standards uh definitely very normal by my limited experience of drew during football season standards like you for sure were aware of the team's limitation, but it seemed like you were hitting that kind of sweet spot that I think every fan aspires to and very few fans are actually able to hit where you're sort of like pleased with what's happening, but not uh, saddled with unreasonable expectations that are going to make you sad when they don't come to fruition. See, now that's all, that's all very nice, but I didn't 
bring this up so you could tell me I'm pretty raw. Also, you look amazing right now. I do. I You're do. glowing, King. You, what, uh, the skincare is... That's right. But, I, but what I wanted to say is that I may have presented reasonable, but inside <laughs> I fucking hated everybody all the time and still nice. kind of do. And I, I'm at the point now where I'm wondering, you know, I've been this kind of fan pretty much my whole adulthood. And I'm looking around at the teams that do win and their fans are fucking assholes, just complete dumb shit assholes. The kind of guys who'd like, who post a Jack Nicholson gif anytime like Jonathan Taylor is available for trade and they're like, ah, he's coming our way. Just dumb asshole shitheads. And I'm like, why am I not like that? Wouldn't I be happier <laughs> as a complete dickhead Eagles fan type who's like, who just thinks like everyone else is out to get me. Right. This is like a like a second middle school that you're going through here. Where, yeah, like, I, I, I remember you know when I was is? first coming into my own as a neurotic person, and I was like, "What about that guy with the umbros on? He seems happy. What if I was just like that?" Yeah, I'm, it's a midlife fan crisis where, I, you know, I'm I'm still gonna be a fan. It's just, am I the right type of fan? Do I really want to? Are be you the, gonna try it, to get dumber? Are you gonna dial it down like? 30%? Yeah, I mean, that's nice. kind of what I want to do. Like, I I kind of thinking of going the Simmons route where I'm just like. I'm just an openly insufferable shithead about my team. <laughs> and like that, that will work. That is what I'm kind of thinking about right now. Am I wrong to think that? I think that you are, should feel free to give it a try, but it is the sort of thing where, and this is sort of what I think my parents probably told me in middle school where I was like, the boys that went through puberty sooner seem happier than me. And they're like, <laughs> well, they might be, uh, they might always be happier than you, but like, <laughs> I can't just like be one of those guys. Not any sooner that I could like, you know, turn my hormones on and, you know, grow to my normal adult height. Right. Uh when I wanted to be. I think with this case like you could try it, but I feel like you are who you are. And so the idea that there's secretly um like just a sports bar dumbass within that can be let out of his cage to like reply to Woj tweets or whatever. Like, I don't know that that, I don't know. I'm interested in seeing how it works. I also feel like those guys maybe aren't having that much fun. Like, I think that like, certainly like the Eagles fan types that we're talking about, like those guys got a lot of problems. You well, know they're all I mean? divorced. Like, I don't think that I mean, that's anything to emulate. Yeah. But I, I, like to give you, I'm, I'm closer to that sort of person than I might give way. So like last night I go on blue sky. I go on, I go on, nice Twitter. And I say, I'm going to, I'm going to read Twitter. my, my blue skeets or whatever the fuck they're called. I say, I'm writing the Vikings. Why team sucks tomorrow. But I just like to note here that every data humper out there is already doing their whole regression to the mean spiel about them. And all of these people can chow down on my asshole. I yep. followed that up with, they didn't win those games last year because they found fucking Aladdin's lamp motherfuckers. And two people replied like, Oh, I can't wait until Kirk, falls apart and you cry again. And I told that person, I said, get fucked. And then another person <laughs> said to me, replied, yeah, and you lost to Danny Dimes at the end. And I told that person, no shit, asshole. And I was like, I was, and I was like, I was fine to be a cock. Like I was like, going to say, like, I don't want to be too, you know, steering this too much in the direction of therapy, but how did that make you feel? I was like, I was like, ah, yeah, I was like, I sort of like this. Like, this is how I really feel. And everyone else can get fucked. But then I was sort of like, oh, I'm kind of coming off like a dick. And 
I know this is right. I mean, this the reason we're talking about this right now is because I've been in therapy for three years, and to my credit or my detriment, I'm not sure which, I have never brought up the Vikings with my therapist. Not once. <laughs> not once. Even though I think That's, about them all I the time. I think that just shows that you're taking, like, I'm sure that there are therapists out there where they're kind of, like, aware that uh, the person that they're talking to is, I'll just go ahead and say my therapist is like aware that when the Mets are playing bad, that sometimes I'm a little testy, but it is not the sort of thing where he's going to be like, are you concerned about Pete Alonso? Like, you know, this is a safe space. You can tell me, do you think he's going to have a Dave Kingman type career trajectory? No, but I don't think that. I mean, the therapist isn't going to talk to you in like fan terms about it. They're going to be like, okay, why do you think the Mets get you so ornery? Why do you you think that you told a bunch of strangers to chow down on your asshole? I mean, but that's kind of my job. That's how I've I know, made money I know. over the past 20 years, you know? Like, yeah. I also, so I guess like the question there would be like, I, I mean, it's good not to bring up the Vikings during therapy, but you feel as if they're enough a part of your emotional day to day that that would be like, that that's almost an oversight on your part that you should have brought them up. I kind of think so. I kind of, wow. cause I think about them literally all the time, Roth. Like <laughs> they are the first thing I think about. When I wake up in the morning, like when I wake up in the morning, I go downstairs and part of my ritual is like the first thing I do, I have the Vikings Google search bookmarked and I look at that on my phone to see if any vital news happened with the Vikings. And I don't mean like, I don't mean like Kirk was traded or anything like that because that's not going to happen, but I mean like basic shit like, oh, did they Position sign battles TJ? or whatever? Yeah, did they did they sign TJ Hawkinson to an extension? It, yeah, did Ivan Pace get named starting linebacker over Brian Asamoa? Like stuff like, like that is like <laughs> major shit to me. I remember one time I told my wife, this was last year. I was like, like honey, I was like, honey, I, I think about the Vikings all the time. And she was like, really? Like she was like, yeah, you know, like because she, you know, she, I, I could tell she was already processing like all the things I could have been thinking of, like her, our children. I'm sure you think about them too. It's just funny oh. that the first thing, the thing you're starting with, is like Anthony Barr career retrospective shit or whatever. They are, they are my, they are my default thing, and so it's like, okay, have I been thinking about them properly for the past thirty or forty years of my life, or you know? Is it worth me basically sabotaging my entire career and reputation to be the sort of fan who does end up winning, even though I have no actual data that says that dickhead fans uh, are entitled to win? Because like Saints fans were pretty acceptable before they won a title. They suck now, or maybe they've always sucked. I don't know. Mm. Well, I think it's like the idea of being more fully and truly yourself seems like a good idea in theory and in practice. And then <laughs> unless you I mean, suck, that's, what I was going to say the risk is always that you like, you're like, this is it. This is me. And everybody's like, Oh, I don't know. <laughs> like, But that is like one of the oldest anxieties that a person can have is being like, you know, making yourself not vulnerable is not the word for what you're describing here, but you know, like uh, walking in your truth and then everybody just telling you to fucking quiet down about Kirk cousins, please. Uh, I feel like you should try it. I mean, there's definitely a chance. I think that this is something that uh, we've talked about a little bit with work and stuff that like you've made some decisions about like staying out of Slack channels in our workplace Slack that like are just going to make you upset or that like are going to make you feel, um, you know, less pleased to be working at defector.com. And I think that's really smart. I think that with 
a lot of this stuff, you know, whatever, trying to find a way forward does not mean like getting to a place of being cool with every single thing in your life. It just means like that you steer, you know, into some things and away from others. In this case, like, I think I'm happy that I've been able to like get myself not at arm's length from the teams that I care about, but to a point where I have a sort of like, I think of them as a TV show now and not as sort of an extension of me. But I feel like if the Vikings are something that you really feel is an extension of you, then, you know, taking them that seriously, treating them that seriously seems like the the reasonable way forward, as opposed to pretending to be normal while inside you are just screaming endlessly in, into a void. Well, it's it's weird. It's like I I don't get mad at the team anymore when they fuck up. Like, I really wasn't that mad after the Giants game. And you won't believe that, but like, I kind of do believe it. I feel like that was by that point in the year, you were like, "Well, they're not going to win the Super Bowl." I mean, you went to Minnesota to watch them. I think you thought they'd win that game. I also thought they'd. I thought they'd win that game and then probably get smoked by the Niners after the fact. But like, and that was my prediction as well. They were so they were so bad on defense that game. You know, I had I had a couple of guys next to me who were like who were freaking out, and I was like, "Look, it's the same shit. It's been all season. They'll pull it out at the end." It'll be sort of vaguely unsatisfying, but they'll they'll win and then they'll move on to the next week and you can just deal. And then, of course, they didn't because the defense was so bad. They were just a really horrific defensive team. They couldn't play defense. I'm even like I'm in the I'm in the press box and I'm talking to like the PR guy and I'm like I'm like you know they're a great team. They just they can't play defense. And the PR guy was like, yeah, pretty much. And like so, everyone sort of knew the deal. And so I don't get mad at the team, but and this is the bad part. I get mad at the haters yep. because like I get mad, like I get very annoyed that like people fetishize the fucking Packers and like I root for the opposite Packers, right? Like they play inside. Mm-hmm. They, you know, they don't have the same history. They were an expansion team once upon a time. They've never won anything. They haven't drafted uh, a championship caliber quarterback since Fran Tarkenton, and they had to let Fran Tarkenton go to New York and then come back before he became what he became anyway. Mm, the eternal so, journey. Yeah. So, like, you I gotta get, go to North Jersey to figure your shit out. I get very irritated because this is like an insanely cool franchise. They've been, they've had Justin Jefferson, they've had Randy Moss, they've had Adrian Peterson. Look, Adrian Peterson's a dickhead, but like he was a fucking exciting. Yeah, he was player amazing, amazing player to watch. So they've been like cool throughout my lifetime. But, and so there's like this core, this corner of my brain. That's like, why don't people like my, my people think my team is cool. If everyone else is on, it's so cool. And that's very petty and Simmons, Simmons and lame. And I don't want to be that person, but I kind of, unless you do though, I think this is the, the, we're sort of talking around the thing. Like the people that you're talking about are people that are not worth your time, but also like that's your decision what your time is worth like to me like I- i'm always reminded that there is like whole tranches of sports fans that exist outside of my uh sight line very much by choice and like i remember when we did this i think we've talked about this a little bit on here one year around the nba trade deadline we turned on we had like a little bot for woge posts in the basketball channel yeah we still we do to that see- don't we 
Well, we don't because it was set up so that we were somehow seeing his re- like people replying to him, oh. not just his posts. Oh, that's and not it was good. like the bit in Event Horizon where they see the hell dimension, you know, where like a horn comes out of Jack Noseworthy's mouth and stuff. And you're just like, I don't know. I don't like this at all. Like it was those people are out there. Uh, they are replying to Woj and they're just like announced. And that's like, I have a trade in mind where they're like, I want like Shaq gets traded to the fucking Clippers for Keith Claus. Announce <laughs> it, bitch. Oh, yeah, yeah, like yeah. that to me, like, I know that those guys are out there. That's fine. My whole life is built around not having to deal with that shit. There's Mets fans that are like that, you know, and I don't want to be around them either. And I think it's like, you could definitely have an experience of, caring about the Vikings being crazy about the Vikings in the way that you want to do it and never have to deal with the most annoying fans out there. But if you decide that you want to like mow them down in the Menchies, I can't tell you not to do that. Like, I just feel like you'd get, you'd get bored because these are fundamentally pretty boring people. Well, also, you know, it violates my number one rule of being online, which is never beef, right? Like beefing is, it's a fucking waste of time. You're, you're beefing with someone you will never meet, uh, you know, that you'll never see. Could Lord be the, they could be fucking eight for all you know. Yep. Like it's like there's all that shit. So it's a waste of time. And you know, and and I don't want to do the whole thing where it's like, well, in some ways, being a sports fan is a magnificent waste of time. Like I fucking hate that shit. No, like it's that's a, stupid. I hate that's what time is for. Come yeah. on. Like the people who are like, you know, that's sort of like the sports are a distraction from the real world type shit, which ends with people saying stick to sports because fucking Colin Kaepernick took a knee during a game or whatever the fuck. So, right. I will say though, that if you want to try it, if you want to like go on a little rum springer of like power bombing, possibly eight year old Philadelphia Eagles fans through folding tables, you should do that. I think like see, see how it works. Maybe there's something in there that you like. You know what? The, I think the the best. Don't move- literally power bomb anybody through a table. I realize that what I said there was, I didn't couch it metaphor very well i think maybe and this goes the opposite against this is the opposite of what you know therapy would usually demand but i think it's best that i be that type of fan but on my own time you know if i just do that publicly well i'm not i'm not really blessing the vikings with like they're not gonna magically become a super bowl team just because i turn into a raging cock like that's not gonna happen right so you don't know though uh, that's the thing i think you know i think i think the numbers pretty much pretty much bear it out. What if the one thing that's been holding this franchise back for decades is your unwillingness to paint your face or chest? But that's like, I mean, that's the big part, fun thing about being a fan is believing that you, through superstition or through shouting really loudly or by demanding a coach be fired and and like saying it loud enough that the front office actually obeys you and fires the coach. Like thinking that you have some agency over this, right? Thinking that you have some power to help them win or not win and I just, that's you know, the classic. That's the real Simmons fallacy right there. That's it like, is. It's the, a, that's the core fallacy at the center of his whole fucking brand and being. I mean, the only proven, the only way that that is proven is in being in a home crowd and cheering for the team, because we know from the data again that that influences both the team, how the teams play, but also how the referees officiate the game. So we know that you know home field advantage is real. And that is where fans can make a difference, right? But that's kind of it. And that's kind of any fan. That's not just like, oh, okay, well, this one magical fan base gives the hometown team 
uh, a two point advantage instead of a one point right. five point advantage. Like you know, that's I mean, believing any of that is is kind of horseshit. I know there are good crowds, and I know there are bad because I've seen like. The Memphis Grizzly crowds in the NBA, right? And that's like, that's a fucking amazing yeah, crowd. Rules. They probably give a little bit of a turbo boost to it, as opposed to like some fucking casual ass. I don't even fucking know. Like, which I, which I like Suns fans. I'm, I don't think Suns fans are all Suns fans are, they like to like get in fights and stuff. I don't know. I think of like bad fans as being like just sort of, yeah. Well, it's weird. Eric just mentioned in the chat Miami. I think that it's, as a home crowd, like, Miami pretty- gets a bad rap as a sports town. I think they mostly deserve it. I also feel like they are freaks for the heat. Like they're maniacs. They just like, that doesn't necessarily mean they're going to get there on time or that they're going to stay for the whole game or whatever. But he, I, I mean, I think this he, is he like fans the, give a fuck. I mean, he fans do. care. We, we know them. They're fucking deranged. Like, but uh, this is also like, again, we, you know what you're talking about, the home field advantage thing. It's real. If you're at a game, if you are at home on a Sunday afternoon, like, disrupting your own mental health journey during a game against the bears because they're not winning by enough or whatever, then, you know, that is a, you're not conferring any advantage there to necessarily to anybody, but that's not what life is for. Life is for having fun. And like, if you're having fun getting upset about your team at home, then like, yeah, I wouldn't tell you to stop. Yeah. It's like, am I, am I having fun? And also like, you know, and when I'm a fan, am I really me or am I playing like this role that I think is useful toward the team and, and achieving some some tangible end that it can't possibly achieve by being by playing that role? Like am I am I really me when I'm a fan? And I think I am, but maybe yeah. it depends on the kind of fan that I am. I don't know. I think it's interesting that you're thinking about this, because it's not the sort of thing that I feel like I told you it would be serious Viking talk. I yeah, told no, you it would I, that be. was so that was the message that I got yesterday was basically like I want to talk about the Vikings but in a serious way and I was like sounds good. <laughs> like I don't know. I kind of think you're humoring gonna... me there. I think you were no, like no, oh, this God. Is, well, I didn't know if you were going to want to like break down positional battles and shit. So I like looked at the roster. <laughs> no, <laughs> you're not. forgot everybody. No, you're not going to give a fuck. About, and no one's going to give a fuck about that. And like I, I think that, that I will I say that like this is interesting to me just not just because I think it's like always a good practice to like think about stuff as opposed to not thinking about it. But this is for something that, you know, for both of us in various ways with our various teams. And then also like, you know, because it's our job and because it's our sort of public persona to the extent that we have one, this is like a big part of my life. And the idea of just thinking about it is like, oh, well, on Sundays, I'm a different guy or I'm insane or whatever. Like, it's good to think about this stuff. I think like, you know, and then, you know, do what you can or what you want with the answers and stuff. But the idea that there's like one part of your life that occupies something like one third of your emotional energy at peak that you just don't take as seriously as the other stuff seems silly to me, you know, when you think about it that way. Yeah. Yeah. I was just thinking about, okay, well, well, I'll tell you right now, like, so first of all, I go on Matthew Collar's podcast last week, and we're talking about the Vikings. It's a Vikings podcast. I can do that there. We can talk about the position battles and all that stuff. And, you know, he asked me how I'm feeling, and I'm having this crisis at the time. And, you know, I tell him that I'm like, I think I'm going to be the kind of fan who just picks him to win the Super Bowl every year, because that's like, it's more fun to just believe. And, like, if, if I get my hopes dashed, been there, done that. I've been there. It's like, I can shake it off pretty, pretty easily now, despite all the things that I just told you. So 
in some ways I'm lying, right? Let's disregard um, the previous 22 minutes of this podcast. But I was like, okay. And he's like, well, would you put money on it? And I was like, well, no, because because he's like, would you put $10,000 on? I was like, well, no, because I just think betting is betting that much money is just inherently stupid. Like it's just because like the team dies in a plane crash or something like that. You're fucked. Like you're not. But he's like, okay, well, about the division title? Because I was like, oh, yeah. They're winning the division. Like, I objectively believe they're the best team in the division. I think they're the going to win the division, too. The like, division that's... is shit. So, yeah. was, so he's like, okay, well, what would you put on that? Uh, he's like, would you put 10000 bucks on that? And I'm like, no, I'll put like 100 on it. Like, 100's like, that's a big fucking bet to me. So yeah. I go into the phone, and I go into the, the fucking the app, and I, go, I, I only have like 70 bucks in the account. And so I go to add more money to make the $100 bet. And it tells it rejects the deposit because it said your credit card won't allow you to <laughs> won't allow you to make a deposit for gambling purposes to like DraftKings, FanDuel, whatever the fuck. And I'm like, ah, shuz butt. And so I only bet fifty bucks. So so I'm like I'm putting my mouth money where my mouth is, but doing it in the most half-assed, like clumsy way I possibly can, which is very Minnesota of me. So no, I think it's it's good. I think definitely the idea of. The fact that you were ready to be like, all right, well, let's move some money from my checking account, which I use for food, into the uh, no, 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 app, I don't do the I, bank shit. Like when they ask for your bank information, no, like all I right. don't, I don't give out, I don't put my bank shit on the grid, ever, except for like the power company and the cable company and like any reputable utility that rips me off on a monthly basis. That's okay. Yeah, but, like, but not the one that advertises by having Jamie Foxx walk down a long hallway yeah. talking about parlays. Yeah, that's fair. That seems smart. <laughs> yeah, not, not any of that shit. Hey, uh, we should take a break. Before we do, I do have to note uh, that today's podcast is again sponsored by Bareback Sportsbook. And guess who will accept your credit card? No matter if you haven't paid your credit card bill in years. That's right. When you ride bareback, you ride hard. That's Bareback Sportsbook available <laughs> on your phone. Probably. We'll be right back. <laughs> Fucking A. The Distraction is sponsored today by Cree Art by Ravensburger, the ultimate painting by numbers experience. Do you know that Ravensburger produces more than just the classic jigsaw puzzles and board games we know so well? Introducing Cree Art by Ravensburger, the ultimate painting by number experience. You'll find everything you need to start your artistic journey today with Ravensburger's carefully curated painting by number kits. Whether you're a seasoned artist seeking a new challenge or a beginner eager to explore the world of painting, Ravensburger's kits cater to all skill levels and ages. Embrace the therapeutic benefits of painting by number as you melt away the stresses of daily life and find solace in the act of creation without facing the pressure of the blank canvas. Easily explore Robinsberger's wide selection of enchanting designs on Amazon, ranging from majestic landscapes to adorable animals and everything in between. Let your imagination run wild and embrace the joy of painting with CreArt by Robinsberger. Shop CreArt on Amazon today. And we're back. We're back with David Roth of Defector. Hi, David. Hey, Good thanks for having me. Great to be on the show. Big. Uh, By the fan. way, one more, uh, one more uh, living rent free in my head scenario. I wanted to lay out with you, which is, I. It's just like Wordle, where I got to immaculate, immaculate grid like months and months after everyone else like went nuts for it, right? So the football immaculate, immaculate grid, I play every morning, right? Like right at nine a.m. 
right? I'm like, oh shit, yeah, it's time, <laughs> baby. And then if I'm stuck on it, like I I leave it and I sort of let it sit in my brain. And I'm trying to figure out if that's a good brain activity, like something that will help ward off dementia, or if that is actually quite detrimental Steering to Steering harder into health. madness? Yeah. Would you like, be surprised to learn that I think about this all the fucking time because I do like four different baseball grids every day? Ooh. ooh yeah. That's tough. And so when we were at the Jersey Shore with my family uh, not long ago, that would be sort of the later in the evening, you know, like post-edible thing we're all kind of like you know my sister and her husband and my wife and i are sitting around like sort of talking and i'll be like booping around on my phone in an incognito window trying to come up with like you know my fifth alternate answers for the grid that day and there's a part of me that when i was doing it was like is this practicing are you trying to get better at this because that's stupid or like are you like getting further are you leaning into this uh recursive brain disease situation that you can sometimes get into with remembering guys or sports i tend to think it's good in the sense that you are accessing your mind i just would love to like if there was a version of this that allowed me to remember shit that i read in college that would be sick that's not the case it's the thing that exists is me remembering that jeff treadway played for the reds and the braves and therefore fits into the bottom middle spot you know what I really and, want? I want a Hollywood one. Like, I actually, I was like, I was going to tweet like, oh, I really want a Hollywood Immaculate Grid. But, you know, Twitter will be like, there is one, stupid. You can go here, xxy.zby.tv or whatever the fuck. And I'm like, eh, I don't want to do that shit. Yeah, that's, well, wait, so you do that, NF, you do the NFL one too. You are immaculate most days with that? No, I'm not. All right, I'm fucking bad at the NFL one, dude. And I'm not good at the NBA one either. Like the baseball one, I am good at, but the other ones, like I'm always shocked with this with the NFL. Like I basically remember like quarterbacks and wide receivers, like oh, yeah. all the other shit is completely gone. Yeah. Samer was like, oh, he, I wanted to get an immaculate one with all kickers. And I was like, holy shit. Like, wow, this guy, this guy's a better football fan than I am. He just doesn't yeah. say much about it. Like, but I like, I always get stumped when it's like, if it's, if I see the Steelers or the Packers on the grid, I'm kind of fucked because it's like those teams don't change players like ever. Like every right. player that they have just stays there and gets fucking manacled down in the basement and shit. Or they've had a they've had the same quarterback for a bazillion years, so I can't right. just plug in. I can't use like the stock like Ryan Fitzpatrick or or Josh Johnson answer, which is always like those are so reliable and in yeah. immaculate grids. And like when you get you know when you need, I remember one time I couldn't and I can't remember the two teams, but. I had one grid left to go. It was two teams. It, one of them was the Bears. The other one was, I don't know, some asshole team. And I go and I ride my bike. I ride 20 miles. I'm thinking about this one grid the <laughs> whole time. And like halfway through, I'm like, you know what? Blaine Gabbert. Like Blaine Gabbert's the one. And I'm like, and I'm feeling confident, feeling good. Like I don't enter it until I'm feeling good about it. And I spend the whole ride back. My mind is just saying, Blaine Gabbert, like, on a clip like dental plan like gabbert <laughs> like over and over again and so i finally park my bike and I, i'm like ah oh, right i get to finally enter it i enter it and it's fucking wrong he definitely didn't play for the bears but i do like the idea he of totally it. didn't play for the bears i'm like i'm dental picturing plan. the uniform i'm Backed like up mitch trubisky dental plan 
Yeah. And I'm like, wasn't he on like one of the Matt Nagy teams? I'm like, who the fuck was the quarterback on that one year that Matt Nagy like actually did a good thing? Like who the fuck? And I don't remember. It was like Trubisky and some other asshole. And I can't even, I can't remember right now who that fucking quarterback was. I have enjoyed this as a baseball grade experience where periodically I will realize that like somewhere in my head, like I'm a lot of times I'm just cycling through baseball cards that I've had as a child. And like, so that's why a lot of my answers will come from the eighties and nineties, but I've apparently like just imagined some stuff into being where I was just like, Mark Goob is on a white socks hat. I'm like, I don't know. Sure. <laughs> like that's uh, Why did I do that? Yeah. How did I do that? Yeah. I tried to picture them in uniform in my head. And like, I was so convinced with Gabbert in a bears uniform. I was like, I swear I've seen it. And by the way, I'm a diagnosed amnesiac. So like I've, I'm probably the least reliable memory person that I could I could ask but the you know it, it it happened like that or I'll get sidetracked like I remember one time like the Texans were there and I was like like I I thought of, like I tried to think of like tight ends because it was like oh a you know Texan and a Bronco I was like oh who's that one tight end I always picked in fantasy that was on the Texans and and like I spent all my time I was like I knew I didn't play for the Broncos who was too. it Billy Miller no, it ended up being Owen Daniels, but I spent oh, yeah, all good. my time just trying to remember the name Owen Daniels. And I was like, I think his name was Greg. Like, and I think his last name started with G too. And like, I'm just in this fucking finger trap in my brain, like not being able to remember this completely inessential tight end only because I like won a couple fantasy games with him. Not even a fucking league. This is the funny part about the grid to me too, is like, I'd also, you know, do basically what you're saying, but with baseball guys. But then, like, when the name comes to me, like, what then? So at that point, like, have I, so I've remembered Dave Burba, where previously I had not thought about Dave Burba. Now I am aware of Dave Burba again for the first time in 15 years. So fucking now what? Like, what it's like, what do I do with that? Also, and I, I get, still like, don't have an answer for that one yet, other than like plug them in. Every I also, now and then. I get, I get so proud when I, I nail one after thinking about it for a while. Like it took me a while. Like one was Giants Steelers, and there's an obvious one, but it took me like it took me like an hour to think of Plexico. And I was like, once I had it, I was like, fuck yeah! And I was like, I, I, I hit my my phone. I tapped my phone as hard as I could. I was putting my finger through the fucking phone to put Plexico on there. I remember doing that one, and I didn't want to use Plexico because it seemed so obvious. <laughs> right, you wanted to be like, like I it's want like the, the one that, you know where you know is like the most popular answer. But I couldn't come up with, I had a hard time with that. I don't think I was really able to come up with anyone else for more or less the reason that- The Steelers. You, yeah. And the, so this is another case of imagining a guy in the wrong uniform. I was like, so the other team that Antonio Pierce played for was the Washington football team. That's correct. Yeah. The, he played for the command. But I was like, I don't know, kind of feels like Steelers-y possible, you know? Like, And I was sort yeah. of like cycling through that. Well, any linebacker, right? Any linebacker, yeah. you're like, surely they played for the Steelers. Yeah. Like if I've ever seen that man's breath freeze in the air, then like I kind of think they're a Steeler, like, or at least I had a Steelers experience with them. But anyway, Antonio um, Pierce and Pittsburgh Steeler. I think that's a terrible Facenda voice. Let's. Uh, you know what? Who has a good Facenda though? Nobody. Let's uh, let's get to our guy of the week. Every week we remember an athlete of your, not a Hall of Famer necessarily, but just a guy who makes you think. Hey, I remember that guy. And Roth, since you were good enough to humor me through thirty-eight minutes of Vikings talk, <laughs> your guy of the week. It's it's one of our our favorites. This better it's be a Viking. Derek Bell. You remember Derek Bell? 
The baseball guy? Yeah, of course. Yes, very, yes. Operation absolutely. Shutdown himself, of course. Love Derek Bell. Fuck. Thick mustache, whole lip. Yeah. No John Waters. You could fit like six John Waters mustaches in the lower half of Derek Bell's mustache. You don't get that Lionel Richie mustache on athletes no. anymore. They don't, do, so, like, if they do it, it's for irony, and that's fucking stupid. I hate that. Can I tell you the one Derek Bell, uh, the, the real distinguishing thing about his tenure as a Met? He had a couple of good seasons with the Astros, um, like really good seasons. He was on the sort of the downside by the time he was a Met. But he lived on a houseboat in uh, like Flushing Bay, like near the stadium. That doesn't strike me as like, like vacation-y. No, it's not. It's like, it smells. Like, like there's no maxing and relaxing thing. on a fucking Queen's houseboat, right? Right. Like, cause you're basically the, what you're floating in is like 60% benzene. <laughs> like, it is highly flammable and not something that you, like, if you drop something overboard, brother, it is gone. Like, you just got to let it go. <laughs> so, but that was where he lived. And that was, I remember it was like a story for a while. And Bell was like, not fun about it like he was kind of a sourpuss i think he was a and dick so, yeah so reporters like wanted to be like you know what's it like you're, you're living on a boat like uh fucking robert downey jr and zodiac how is that for you and he'd be like it's normal it's normal to live on a boat like find a new slant <laughs> and just didn't want to play along with it uh but i respect him for doing it i think that living on a houseboat while in the decline stage of your career is uh that's private investigator coded behavior and i respect that wherever i see it yeah, I agree. Well, I, I'm glad that you enjoyed remembering Derek Bell. I felt yeah, like thank I you owed that. that to you. And now I owe you uh, some listener voicemails. These are real voicemails from Distraction listeners. And our producer, Eric Silver, is going to cue them up uh, right now. So let's get to the first one, Eric. Thank you. Can I tell a story first about how Drew yelling helped me? Yeah, of course. Truly. Sure. Okay, so Drew, uh, as we've been talking about how your emotional outbursts, whether they're useful or not, the, well, I'll tell you absolutely this is totally helpful. Uh, I was just in the UK for a week because I was doing a live show for one of my other shows. You what? I, what? I was in the UK. You were in the UK, man. I, you, are you having a laugh? I, Drew, Roth, I am not having a laugh. I promise. I'm not. Okay. Uh, and the Women's World Cup final happened to be on the day right before that we ended up leaving and that was against spain and england right right yes the day before i said oh wait i do know something where i can contribute to everyone to all this is happening so i said to my host jasper my 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 friend who's who uh, lives right south of manchester mike so jasper would you say that it's coming home and he's like yes yes i would say it's coming home <laughs> i knew Aww. that because that's the only thing that bubbles to my head whenever anyone talks about talks about soccer i'm like oh it's coming home it's out Obviously coming home. It's coming home. It's, com it's coming. It's coming home. out. So we're walking around. Man we are walking around Manchester, screaming, "It's coming home!" <laughs> nice. Because it's acceptable. Because it's fine. Were people giving it back to you? Were they like, like they were loving the shit? They were. Take no one yelled at me saying I was incorrect and stupid and American. So okay. I'm going to take that as yes, rough. Yeah. yeah. Did anyone take you as an American mocking? British people saying that. No, I don't think so. Because it was the day right before where we were walking around Manchester proper. So it was like, oh, hey, here's a pub that's been, uh, that's older than America itself. And then I'm like, it's coming <laughs> home. And they're like, yeah, you're right. It sure. is. I think. But what is it? What are, what are you having again? Because I don't have time to fuck around with it. Just, yeah. I, I will say that in the lore of our podcast, 
uh, Drew and I saying it's coming home to each other in bad uh, British accents. Nobody loves that. There's <laughs> they not. De- there are no defenders of it. Like most of the dumb shit we do, there's like one guy that's sort of like, I don't know. I like it when uh, when Dave cries. I think that's really nice. But everyone hates the voices. This is why they will be done in perpetuity. Because uh, you can't you can't just give these people what they want. That's exactly that's how they get you. Yeah, yeah. You but I'm, I'm glad that it uh, has. Like, broken contain and entered your brain now. This is how it works. It's like a 28 days later sort of scenario. Well, we're definitely the only people who who say, it's coming home for coming fun. Home. I mean, that's like, that's our whole thing. Anybody else who does it really is stealing and owes us some sort of some sort <laughs> What of I remember about, uh, I think it was the first time we did the It's Coming Home thing. This was the old podcast at the old site. When we were asking Patrick Redford for this is the Men's World Cup preview, and you were asking, "Is it coming home?" and he said, "It's staying put." (laughs) (laughs) It's really stuck in there. I don't know why. I almost think that this is like it's just losing context. It's like this is an exotic bird that we've put in the zoo, and that's why people don't like it because it makes them sad. But if we put the bird back where it's from, it's proper and it's coming home, so it's perfect. Yeah, in some ways, I, I just should just go to England so I can shout that out without consequence and have people like it. That might be actually a, yeah. a good idea. It's like going to a Vikings game and seeing actual other Vikings fans, which I never <laughs> see, like, in Maryland. That doesn't fucking happen. So, hey, let's open up some of the voicemails. Let's listen to them, Eric, please. Hey, guys. This is uh, Matt in Los Angeles. My question is, of all the January 6th defendants, what fandom is most highly represented for MLB and NFL? I assume for baseball, it's the Cardinals, right? Maybe the Braves? And the football, got to be the Cowboys? Curious to your thoughts. That's a good question. I love where your head's at, Matt. I kind of um, think I think the Cowboys one is pretty, pretty damn accurate. Because weren't there yeah. like a lot of Texas realtors who showed up at that fucking thing? Yes, there's a lot of people that like somehow had access to private planes. I think there's a, Arizona Cardinals have always struck me as being mm. a uh, like a strong base of like guys that have just completely insane opinions about the Second Amendment or whatever, and that's like they care about that as much as they care about being mad at Kyler Murray all the time. But yeah, Cowboys. I mean, I just feel like in general, if you're talking about a large population of assholes making a bad situation worse you're talking about cardinals fans and cowboys fans st louis cardinals fans and cowboys fans and that's uh you know like kind of like on balance was there ever a demographic breakdown of the insurrectionists by uh where they lived because like wouldn't a lot of them be local like wouldn't there just be dudes coming in from fucking loudon county and shit like that i'm sure there were but i think that a lot of it was like they're from the places that have the highest, you know, um, percentage of people with that brain disease. There's a lot of Florida and I believe also a lot of Texas, but like also a lot of California, a lot of like, you know, wherever, uh, there are a lot of people, there are a lot of people that have that issue. You know, another one that I think is probably, uh, highly represented there is Tampa Bay Bucks fans. Uh, they, by the way, they were, that was the fewest letters I got for why your team sucks. Like I, I feel had, like they don't have like a sense of humor about the Bucks. No, not really. No, they don't really. have There was anything. a great letter in there from somebody who was like, "Everybody at a Bucks game has never worn sunblock." 
Yes, and that, I was like, <laughs> really oh my god, that me. that is absolutely true. <laughs> like, because I've seen, you know, I've seen the B roll, the stands, and like it is, it is redder than the fucking Bucks logo, man. It's yeah, red. They just than that all look like red Gruden. That's yeah. uh, that's a tough one. You don't like to see that. I just quickly looked that up, the demos of the people from January mm-hmm. 6th, and it turns out, I'm looking at an article from WBUR, Robert Pape, who directed the Chicago Project on Security and Threats of the University of Chicago, has done some of this analysis in the year after. Uh, so, good question. You'd think that it was from either right around D.C. or from the deep red parts of the country, but Pape says they couldn't be farther from the truth. More than half of more than 700 people arrested hailed from counties where Biden won. Riders were from San Francisco, L.A., New York City, Dallas, Houston, Philly, and Chicago, he says, or the immediate suburbs surrounding those cities where they essentially are the political minority. Oh, fits so the, too, I the, guess. The, the oppressed. Yes. Um, well, it's also, it's like, as with, I think, a lot of this stuff, it's the cream of the crop. If you don't, if to uh, borrow a phrase from... That's right, brother. <laughs> oh yeah, that's, crazy people. That's the other thing. Urban that's, San Francisco. That's, that's <laughs> I'm coming out on a plane from Marin County. I'm gonna put my feet on Nancy Pelosi's desk. <laughs> that's the other. That's the other bit we do that no one likes, but I <laughs> no, like it. So everybody, but I think that my B minus Macho Man voice has some defenders. There's, some, li- there's weird people I, out there. I personally like it. The cream, Chief. The cream. Uh, <laughs> Fortunately, in a situation I have no intention of honoring the election results. <laughs> yeah. The, so the, uh, but I think that, like, that makes sense if it's just like the alpha car dealer psychopath from like Chicagoland. That's the guy that like buys a plane ticket and goes. Yeah, I think that. Yeah, because. People they would have, have to have literally a dozen times, <laughs> like because they would have to have money, right? Like you, you yeah. couldn't have some ass poor like hillbilly from Mississippi, like getting on a plane. Well, there are. That's the thing with Trump's base. I think that like has persistently been misunderstood since 2016. Like there were people from like Arkansas. I remember the guy that did get in trouble for putting his feet on Pelosi's desk and like maybe taking a shit in her office, maybe not. Whatever. That guy is is from Arkansas. He's from a rural you know, county in Arkansas, but he's like a contractor. He's got a lot of money. Like he's got a fucking lifted truck that's new. And like, that is, you know, right there, like Trumpism on its face. Like it is local gentry as Patrick Wyman wrote extremely correctly, like five years ago. And yeah. that's just, they're going to do what they're going to do. Uh, let's listen to the other voicemail, Eric. Can you cue that one up for us? Hello, gentlemen. I recently saw a Canadian indie rock band at a show in Vermont, and I would say that 60% of the people there looked like David Roth. My question is, under what circumstances would you get the most David Roth in one location? I'm assuming that this is like a broken social scene show, because there's like, I've been seeing they were touring again, and people had like sent me messages where they're like a lot of fucking use at this one man uh, and when Lindsay adler came on uh drew when you weren't here uh Lindsay was on with me and tom and she talked about going to see pool kids and mountain goats and she was like all the mountain goats people are were you and i've gotten this at yola tango shows i got it from my sister at a yola tango show where she was looking for me and it's like i can't there's too many of you like just go, ah. go here <laughs> and you know it's like 
it's a pretty cold own. I'm not going to sit here and tell you it's not. But like it it's basically that. It's like super annuated uh indie rock stuff. Like, you know, bands that existed in 1996 that still exist uh is probably a really good bet there. I'm yeah. curious like where outside of that context there would be a lot of um people that that sort of look like me because i think that this is like not a way that young people look now like young people are all kind of well you're not young i'm not i'm not but there's like so these spaces are like where are the spaces for middle-aged people like generally the answer is like a living room with their kids in it or like they're watching a tv so there's not as many like outdoor or you know or out of the home places where you're going to see a bunch of uh 45 year olds going off yeah, I'm trying to think, because the first thing I thought of was a Yo Latengo concert. And also, yep. like, the first thing I thought of, actually, first thing I think of whenever I think of you is the classic Onion headline, 37 yeah. record store clerks feared dead in Yo Latengo <laughs> concert disaster. I'm like, oh. All the people in that, like, little photo collage image they made for that, too. I'm kind of like, I'm in there twice. It's you know, what's, you know what's interesting? You know what's not, uh, would not be a candidate? A Mets game. You would yep. like you're kind of the only person who looks like you at a Mets game. <laughs> the there's rest people of them. that look like me at Mets games, but yes, there's a lot more people that look like they're going to a Mets game at a Mets game. The rest uh, of them look like like present day John Travolta. Like they <laughs> they don't look like handsome John. Yeah, Travolta. looks like. <laughs> <laughs> so, what, uh, do you have an answer for yourself on that one, Drew? Like, where's what is the Drew McGarry heaviest space? Uh, oh, you mean people who look like me? I mean, yeah. <laughs> dude, like. Do you know, how many, you know how many times I get in my Twitter mentions like, hey, I found your kid. And it's not like, it's not the standard answers like Joe Burrow and like Sam Darnold and stuff like that. It's really just any white guy, like any white guy <laughs> with like a little bit of a baby face. Like they'll, I just get that. So it's tough. It's like you go to the Midwest. Like I look like most guys in the Midwest. I'm tall, blondish, pasty, you know, like it's, it, it, it's not really that hard to find clothes of me at like, basically any like Milwaukee area Buffalo Wild Wings. You right, know? That's fair. You uh, you have a bit more you're a bit more distinctive, like with the A flannel little bit. Although glasses. I also get a lot of when I do get those comparisons from people online, it's like you're just thinking of someone who didn't shave and is wearing glasses a lot of the time. Like there's and I'm always happy to have that be like rounded up. Like the um the guy that was the GM of the Maple Leafs. It's kind of like a youngish dude with glasses who was wearing like a nice fitted suit and stuff and i got a couple of those comparisons it's like you have no idea how fucking like slovenly and jowly i actually am like you've just seen an author photo or whatever <laughs> so i appreciate that there's uh you know it's it's always nice the one that i will say that uh i got nailed on the best i don't know who it was that pointed it out first there's a photo from the new york times a few years ago about like turkey farmers and the crisis of turkey farming around thanksgiving and there's a photo of a guy that owns a turkey farm from fairly far away surrounded by turkeys but he's wearing like jeans and a plaid shirt and he has glasses and that motherfucker really does look like me like i have i have the shirt that he's wearing was he standing next to a gross gas tank too no i mean but it basically yes like it's implied you know (laughs) so it was that was one where i couldn't you know uh do the hey come on like that's not even like it was it's a fair shot i look like the turkey farmer um and that's tough i'll be seeing that image for the rest of my days or for as long as social media exists let's do uh let's do one written question and it's not an easy one uh it's from adam roth he says which celebrity has had the largest fall from grace outside of oj simpson is it rudy giuliani his obituary 
is so insanely different if he died in 2007 and said, anytime now, I don't think I've missed anyone super obvious. I feel like he probably did miss someone super obvious. Am I, is he, Roth? I mean, Giuliani, it's like, when he said like celebrity, I was like, well, I don't know, Mel Gibson, you know, like there's guys where Ooh. you just sort of have to walk around like and Gibson's like getting work again, you know, and well, that yeah, like, that's just it. Like, like the one thing I and I never wrote this, but, um, you know, despite the widespread cancellations of many, many people, I have felt basically uh, over the past few months or so, basically canceling people doesn't work. Like, no, like we cancel people, but like. You know, they just end up, they either, they either go, uh, end up like, they end up going on like Megyn Kelly's podcast or like they, you know, or they get work outside of the United States. And I think like, I think even Kevin Spacey might be getting work again. Like after yeah. his, after he was, I think his trial was dropped in England or whatever the fuck. So like, it's hard for me to say, because when you fall from grace now, you still have so many backers out there who will forgive yeah, you any Yeah, there's like a whole other parallel economy for you to function in. And you probably don't get what your quote used to be, but like you don't go away. Like the thing that happened to Louis C.K. is that he has to play like shittier comedy clubs further from big cities now. Right, but he's making fucking bank. Like He, he is. He is And he'll fucking it. sell out Madison Square Garden again. You know, like it's, I, it's fine, percent. I guess, that like... It's just a different crowd. So you're, but like the celebrity itself is like maybe a little more off brand or like scans as tacky in kind of a mainstream way. Mel Gibson, like, legit has a hard time making his movies now, but he's still getting to make them. I, I got And think I think that, he's going to have a progressively less difficult time doing it. I mean, I got to think that the, the answers are just people who got locked up. So, you know, Aaron Hernandez, Harvey Weinstein. Like people like that, like. But does that count as a fall from grace? Like, does yeah, it have like that's to be... like you. You're a monster, and you got in trouble. With right, the you're an actual criminal. Like Giuliani's amazing because he like, he was always a dirtbag. Like he was just like not a nice man, you know. And like, but for a while, I think people, because of the way that like New York media is, and because he really was, you know, successful at getting elected and stuff. Yeah, I think that people had this idea that he was something that he wasn't. Like, this is who he's always been and how he's always been. Oh, yeah, yeah, He's just, like, and so the idea of him being, like, a kind of, like, scummy, sex creep weirdo who breaks the law every 45 minutes, like, he's maybe more like that, but it's not like he suddenly became like that. I think that it's just, like, sort of a turn in how he was covered. What's weird with him at this point, and I, I'm sort of, I'm not quite, like, thought about this enough to blog it, but it's something I've been messing with in different posts. Like, I think that lawlessness as an idea is understood in a really weirdly narrow and unhelpful way now. That, like, people, like, lawlessness, when you see people talk about it in, like, most mainstream venues, it's like somebody's sleeping on the street. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, oh, there was a spate of shopliftings, like, Right, and it's like, I mean, I'm sorry that that happened or whatever, but, like, the person sleeping on the street is not doing it because they want to be there. Like, there's reasons for that. And, like, the lawlessness that I tend to notice more is, like, people don't obey red lights anymore, you know? Or, like, a car with a license plate that's obscured. Or, like, a cop parking his personal vehicle in the middle of the fucking sidewalk. That, like, that and Giuliani walking around free is very similar to that, too. That guy's been doing crimes nonstop (laughs) for years. And even, even, like, Bernard Carrick had to go to jail for, like, 18 months or whatever. Like, Giuliani being out there, Roger Stone or whatever being out there, I think that it's, like, 
bad in a way, not to get like too fucking shit lib with this, because it's not like I want them to go to jail or whatever, but I do feel like it's important that there be a, not just that it, there be a reality of it, that there be a sense of like in the culture that if you do a crime, you will be censured for it. That there's like basically that there has to be some consequence. And I think the absence of consequence you know, certainly like the whole of Trumpism is leveraged on that, on the idea that like, you know, certain people don't get in trouble for whatever, that that's like really bad for society. And I uh, don't know necessarily what fix there is beyond, especially at that level, beyond like something carceral, something real that like you need to see that powerful people can get in trouble for abusing their power. But it's still because if you don't, I think that like it's in the groundwater then, and everybody sort of gets a sense of it. But it's still America. It's still retail lawlessness. It ain't like right. you ask someone who's like living in Ukraine right now, they're gonna be like, "You people don't know fuck all about lawlessness." Right? right? Like, like there's like, the phone just rings and rings. Yeah, there's no yeah. one there. <laughs> right? Like, yes. like come on, man. You're like you have like you have functional stoplights. They actually illuminate. Like get the fuck out of here. Like <laughs> like yeah. So it is, it's different. I guess it's like it's weird though. Like because corruption is a spectrum. You know, or a continuum, I guess. You know but what the is, real lawlessness like, is, Roth? It's the people who don't believe in the Minnesota Vikings. It's and the clowns never have. in Congress. No, you're right. Yes, and that's, that's we're gonna. And there should be consequences for them too. By the way, what about for Tiger? Years. What about Tiger as an answer? Would Tiger be a good answer there? Like, I know he oh, came wow. back and won the Masters, and that was really great. But like, he he won it, but he didn't. He had baggage, and he's gonna have that baggage forever. Yeah, that is actually. Tiger's a really interesting answer, too, because it's like he's in that stage now where, like, I guess everybody kind of, like, wants to see him before it's all, you know, gone. Like, you know, I I would love to get the opportunity to, like, watch him play meaningful golf on a Sunday again, you know? Right. I mean, it's not Even though happen. I know he's a fucking creep. Well, also, he's just broken down. Like, it's just yeah. not. He's old. He's old, and he's... He's got terrible back injuries. He's got terrible leg injuries from his car accident. So it's kind of over there. But so he, you know, he had a combination of uh, philandering, addiction, and injury that also sort of conspired against him, you know, the moment his wife, you know, clubbed his car with a fucking nine iron or whatever the fuck. Yeah. Uh, Shout out to Ellen Nordgren. Yeah, yeah, yeah. History's Actually, protagonist. I hope she's living her, her best yeah. life right now. But uh, on that note, we're going to close out and we're going to end the podcast. Eric Silver is our producer. Brandon Google is our editor. Our theme song is by Kirk Hamilton. Ads and production services are by Multitude. And you can subscribe to Defector.com right now. Just go to Defector and hit that subscribe button. You can also email us at distraction at Defector.com or even call us at 909-726-3720 and leave a message. That's 909-Panera0. And I right. want to add to that, uh, we have had a number of people butt dial that number. Like, like more than one. <laughs> Like one, I like this week. I opened up one, like a voicemail that was like three minutes long, and it was just a dude like milling around in his kitchen. So I watch your that. butt dialing when you dial the Panera Ooh, hotline. I don't know. You don't have to leave a message. Just call us. We just love hearing from you. It's like so it, if it's it's if like on my like Dairy Queen drive through. Please, like I'm listening to these messages. I'm like, is that you, Dad? Like, did you do it again? <laughs> like, should I? Should we end the podcast at the outro? With that voicemail, yeah, some white noise. <laughs> oh, yeah, I could. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll end the podcast with that voicemail. Off. 
I'll put it at the end after after Kirk Hamilton's outro. I'll put it at the end. Yeah, yeah. It'll, it'll be like sequence. it'll be our metal machine music. We so uh, we <laughs> we invite you to listen to that voicemail right now, and we'll see you next week. Goodbye. Bye. Sorry, man. I'm not here.